I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And we coming from a basement to your headphones, barely even know who we are, but changing the unknown. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the podcast, Yanos. Uh, we have a very special episode. I am today joined by two men who have uh, all the skills necessary to endure a rodent plague, and that is Mr. Chris Ayat and special guest with us today, Colin Ballister. How are you doing, gentlemen? Excellent. Excellent. Couldn't be better. Yeah, I'm doing well. You know, it's uh, it's an honor to be on this show, and it's nice that I could uh, endure a, a rodent uh, apocalypse or whatever you said. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I appreciate the flattery. And uh, just a word of, of introduction. Uh, Chris was on last week, but we are joined by Colin Ballister. Now, Colin pitched in six uh, major league seasons as part of the, the Nationals, the Tigers, and the Reds. Uh, we probably best know him as part of the 2012 Tigers. And uh, yeah. Again, a word of a word of welcome. Thanks for yeah. making time. I don't know if that's where you really know me as. I don't know if anyone knows me in, as any of you, honestly. But I mean, it's it's an honor to say that you know me from something. You know, it's nice. But you yeah. know, we're, we're just going to assume you do, people. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, I know uh, years, but yeah. Getting back to our our mouse uh, infestation in the news recently, there has been a plague of ravenous, destructive mice tormenting Australians. Uh, the AP reports, at night, the floors of sheds vanish beneath carpets of scampering mice. <laughs> Ceilings come alive with the sounds of scratching. One family blamed mice for chewing electrical wires and their uh, house burned down. Vast tracts of land are being threatened and the government describes this as absolutely unprecedented. So today's lead off question is, have you ever had to deal with pests in your life? I mean, have you ever been to Philly? No, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's no, not really like physical pests. No, I mean, pests that people that pest you, you know, in the stands, you know, there's a few times, but um, there, there's a funny story about that. My, my mom, my, no, sorry. My wife's mother used to poison chipmunks. 
for, for recreation or yeah, just who, who yeah, recreation yeah, who fun because she thought those were the biggest pests in the neighborhood. Yep. And I was like, you know, at the end of the day, those things are the cutest things. And I want those things all around us. Those are the type of things that uh, I got to deal with. You know, they were poisoning chipmunks in our, in our neck of the woods. You know, it's not, uh, you know, the rats and the, the varmints and the, you know, raccoons. It's the, the beautiful cute little chipmunks. And that's, that's kind of what I deal with. So, I mean, as a whole, it's kind of, that's kind of a pest in my life. I, I you know, I'm trying to save those things and get rid of the other ones. How about you, Chris? Is your life? I feel, like, I feel like I've lived a relatively rodent free life so far, but, but in, in now that I think about it, I, I owned a duplex once that had some kind of a hole in the roof and I had a, a mother, a, a raccoon crawl into my attic and give birth to three baby raccoons in my attic, like right next to the, like the cold air return vent. So you can hear yeah. them screeching. Yeah. And, um, and now I live in, you know, I, I think I'm moving on up here. I'm, I'm, I live in a nice house that I bought a couple years ago. And, um, uh, again, I had a raccoon, uh, crawl down a chimney and there was like a door in my laundry room and we could hear animals behind it. And I had a friend open it because I don't do those kind of things. And it like lashed you, out. You, at you, you put some, you made somebody else do the man job. No, no, I didn't, I didn't make him. He offered and I was more than oh, willing to say, oh, go oh, ahead. Okay. So your wife couldn't go to that. <laughs> so, uh, uh, to get rid of the raccoon, I, uh, I put my, I put like a, a Amazon Alexa in the laundry room okay. and I played middle-class rut radio. It's one of my faves. I played middle class rut radio for like three days and um and they, and they left. So yeah. that's how we solved those problems. Drove them away with rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say this. Actually, I did I did have a, a bat problem. Oh gosh. Actually, growing up in California, I didn't really see a lot of bats. Um and there was a I saw one bat on our uh inside our house on our chimney, like on our uh, fireplace area. Uh got rid of that. Uh, the second one I saw flying around when I was watching a uh, playoff basketball game, it was flying around, flying over my head and I didn't know what was going on and I had to run out and I called the police. So <laughs> coming back to you with the, with the man problems, I didn't call the police and call it was a pregnant, a pregnant woman police came to our to her house. She couldn't come in because if it did have rabies, she didn't want to ruin the pregnancy. So that was another, uh, you know, punch in the, you know, beanbag at that point. The second, the third one was there was, my wife heard something screeching inside the house into the bathroom. She goes, go get it. What is that? There's someone in the house. I go in there. I turn on the light. A bat flew by and touched my leg. And I thought I had rabies literally for <laughs> five years. So, I mean, honestly, I have had pest problems and, and honestly, I hate bats to the, every fiber of my being. I hate bats and I can't stand them and I'll kill every bat I see. So I just, I realized when you started that story that I had a house with all kinds of bat problems but I, I can't, I can't beat that story. No, that's, so I mean, I, 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 my, 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 my pest tales are done. Uh, the, the police calls is awesome. That's fantastic. I'll take rats all day long. I, oh, I, I the ground rolling around. That's fine. The flying ones, dear God. If you would like to connect with us, if you would like to connect with the podcast, Yanos and our guests, you can do so on Twitter, which is the world's best and worst social media platform. You can reach Chris at Chris underscore Iat. Colin is at Ballystar 99. Our vacationing usual host, Jordan, is at Hosted by Jay Hall. And I am at Eric's Eric Wayne's Brain. I can't even say my own Twitter handle. 
We also need to show some love to our presenting sponsor is Moots Pizzeria and Bar in downtown Detroit. Stop in and get some food before or after the game or go during the game, whatever. I'm not your mom. You can do whatever you want. You can enjoy pizza and beverages and other yummy things. I really shouldn't have to work this hard at persuading you. Uh, that's Moots. Thank you, Moots. Uh, now it is time to talk about baseball, if you can believe it or not. And Colin, I feel like we need to start out with like the biggest topic in baseball recently, and that is the sticky stuff. Now, I don't know if the statute of limitations is up for you, but uh, can you tell us if you used any uh, grip enhancers uh, and kind of what's what's the culture of of this kind of stuff when, when you play ball? Uh, I mean, honestly, everybody, there's, there's a rosin bag on the back of the sure. mound. Yeah. Okay. So they're giving you a cheating substance to start with. How okay. effective is, is the rosin? Yeah. Cause well, it's equal playing field. Everybody gets the rosin. Is that, is it useful? Okay. So if you have the rosin bag, right, if it's, your hands are dry, it could bounce off. It turns into a uh, dust and it could go away. If your hands are sweaty, which if you put it on your sweaty hand, which I have some pretty hairy arms, if I sweat, I put it on there, it stops the sweat from coming, but also creates a sticky substance, which okay. could therefore cheat and make me throw the ball better. Not me per se. I never did it. I mean, I, I never you know got anything out of it. Look at my stats, look at my ERA. It didn't matter for me, honestly. Uh, a lot of home runs given up. It did not matter, but it did create a sticky substance okay. on my fingers. Okay. Did I take the pine tar uh, rag and touch it to my uh, skin? No, but you can create a sticky substance. They're talking about sunscreen, right? Sunscreen yeah, or you know, bullfrog creates, sunscreen or whatever. Yep. And that creates the stickiness, but that's false. You could do it with sweat. You could do it with any kind of wetness on your hands. So, so take away the, the rosin bag. If you're taking away the rosin bag and, and you create no stickiness to where the ball is humongous in your hand, hmm. uh, therefore you slips out of your hand and hits people in the head. And then they complain about that. So at the end of the day, there's a problem in baseball where they don't want stickiness and they don't want people hitting the head. I right. don't know where the middle ground is. And that's as far as I could go. I mean, not as far, no one's telling me not to say it, you know, not my lawyers in my ear telling me don't say anymore. I'm just saying there's only so much you could do if you don't want stickiness and you don't want people getting hit in the head. I don't know where you meet in the middle. Yeah. I mean, it seems like you, you hit the nail on the head. It's a little bit of a catch 22. Like, we don't want you to cheat, but we don't want you to hurt yourself. We don't want guys pegged, all this kind of stuff. But I don't know if you if you had to advise baseball, what, what would you advise them to do? Just give them something or in, enforce the rule. No, you don't you don't get to use anything besides the rosin. Yeah. I mean, that's how the game has been, been forever. I mean, we have a rosin. I mean, it used to be, I've heard stories of people Vagisil in the mouth and Vaseline and, this, and, and razor blades and all this stuff. We've come a long way from there. I don't think anyone's using that in their mouth or, or having a razor blade in their hair. I've never heard that. I have heard that in the past. So we've come a long way. I don't know where we come 
to where we, we stop. Like, like I said, I've hit two guys in the head in nine days. I wasn't proud of it. I'm just saying it happened and people weren't too happy about it. Uh, and it's because the minor league ball is tiny. The big league ball is big, is bigger. I, I always make this excuse. It's not an excuse, but I have had more success in the minor leagues than the big leagues. And it's because the ball sizes are different. So when you get to the big leagues, you have to do something to enhance your grip to be able to throw the ball. The ball is bigger. I don't care what anybody says, not a softball, but it's bigger than the minor league ball. So at the end of the day, you have to have something to enhance it. Now the, 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 the hitters get to have all this stuff, armor and a face shield and a, and pine tar in their helmet, pine tar in their bats, batting gloves, all this stuff. But all of a sudden we can't use anything to help ourselves out. I mean, I'm with everyone that says you need it to be able to, it's not really like a, I don't know. You're trying not to hurt the other person. You're not trying to you know, have success. I mean, that's really how far I think it goes. It's really, you're trying to not hurt anybody. Cause like without that, any of that, the ball is like a cue ball throwing a cue ball with nothing. No, right. It just slips out of your hand every single time. Chris was, when you were covering the tigers, I mean, was this an open secret that guys were doing it or was it more like Holland where no, Hey, these are the rules and yeah, we're going to, more or less abide by them. I'm assuming it was somewhere in between there. I don't think it okay. was necessarily an open secret and I don't remember it being as much of an issue. I mean, I, I've, been, sure. I've been out of the league for, you know, six years, five years now. Um, I, I don't feel like it was that much of an issue back then, but it, it feels like it's been more of an issue the past several years. My, my feeling on it, nobody asked me is, uh, I mean, make it consistent and just say what people can do and what they can't do. Right. But I, and, and I don't, I, I don't want to say people should set a precedent and say you can't start enforcing a rule midway through a season because you got to start enforcing the rules sometime. But it, it seems like, it, you know, the offseason would be a good time to, to right. address these things and go Absolutely. cold turkey on stuff rather than just change it. I feel like baseball is kind of doing like a kind of like whack-a-mole with the rules, you know? Oh, uh, we need to shorten, can't have long extra inning games, which I totally understand. From covering the game, I saw too many mm-hmm. teams – ruining bullpens and having to make all kinds of roster maneuvers because a game randomly went 16 innings. I get it, but it just seems like it's kind of a lot of short-term, not fully vetted ideas that I kind of feel like are just kind of jumping in. So, you know, and for me, it's a mercy rule. I mean, honestly, you have the mercy rule and just end the the game. So no position players have to pitch. I mean, there's so many, there's so many rules that they, that they, they're going to add in. I mean, it's just the game used to be good. And it's like, what happened? I don't know. Do you see, do you see what I'm saying though? Colin, I mean, like you'd be humming along, you'd have a seven game winning streak. And all of a sudden you randomly get into a game where nobody can win. You burn your bullpen. You got to make roster moves. You got to make 40 man moves. Like I, I, it's disruptive to to the, Guys, it's one game that gets disrupted. That's how I got most of my 200 innings. Oh, there there you go. Um, but it just seemed like a like a just a random roadblock in the season when this happened. And in hindsight, the team that lost the team that lost the game was like, Well, we should just lost this game in the ninth. Um, I told Eric this week, just joking around, that I think it's this is not even speaking of poorly thought out ideas, like what if you just made it if the game was tied after seven innings, you're in extra innings. The eighth is the eighth is an extra inning. So, you know, you're, you've got a couple more chances for the tie to be broken and for the game to end before you get to the 11th, 12th, 13th. And then if you want to put a runner on in the 11th or call it a mercy after 13 or whatever, that's cool. And I'm not saying these are good ideas. Well thought out ideas, 
I'm just saying I get why they're I get why they're trying to lop off those 16 inning games. Yeah, I, I'm saying a, a true mercy rule. If you're winning by 10 after five, like it's over. You know, how many games have been won when you're losing by 10 after five? I mean, I'm, I don't know. I mean, you have to look yeah. into that. But like, I would be OK with that more than when you get to extra innings, you put a guy in second base. You know, right. I don't know. I, that, in my opinion, I mean, yeah. neither yeah. of you guys would be worse than Rob Manfred. I can tell you that right now. Well, he's hmm. yeah. So, Colin, <laughs> I don't know Colin. if you listen to the podcast. I don't I mean, I have no, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> Colin, I, I got to ask you, you pitched in, uh, I looked this up, you pitched in over 297 professional games in your 13-year career. And by my count, you played for 20 different teams, professional teams. Now, Man. to me, that's that's an enormously rich and full baseball life, but that also sounds kind of like an exhausting lifestyle. Um, you know, and now these days there seem to be more and more reports about minor leaguers who are, who are getting lousy food or not even being able, able to afford even their crappy hotels. So I want to ask, how was the journey for you? You saw it from bottom to top. Uh, what was it like being a player in all these different areas of baseball? That's a great question because I, I get that all. I see all these people posting about all these things all, all the time. And it's not like, hey, listen, just suck it up and do it. But honestly, like at the end of the day, that's what everybody had to do to get to the point. I don't think it's fair, but everybody had to do that to get to to get to the point. I mean, my first year, I, I don't even know what my salary was. It wasn't very good. You know, honestly, I mean, unless you get a big signing bonus, which I did not. I got a decent one, but it wasn't unbelievable you kind of have to just, you know, rough it for a little bit, you know, and, and, and all these guys in double A, I think the the big problem is, is uh, they're not, they're not letting people bunk up. You know, we had four or five roommates. Sure. With COVID happen now, which has to do with the virus, uh, you know, the coronavirus Mm -hmm. pandemic situation, but we had five, six guys living in a place. So we would be able to find a rent, that that's able to, but I think that the team should, should, you know, situate these people into, into better situations so that they can afford it. But we never got to afford anything. We had peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. We were basically, I, 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 if I showed you pictures of places I stayed and what I was in, you would be like sick to your stomach, but it's, it's the journey that you, you take and you appreciate that later on. I mean, you never made money until you got to the big leagues or when you were a free agent. So, I mean, honestly, it's, it's been the same thing forever. I don't think anything's going to change. And these minor leaguers that want, you know, way more money, you know, per month, it's just not going to happen because it never has happened. You know, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it's just, I understand the money's changing, but I didn't play that long ago and I didn't come anywhere close to what they want. So like, it's just crazy to me. Like, I don't know. You know, it sounds like almost a rite of passage for a lot of guys like, you know, or young couples or a boot camp like, oh, you know, it kind of sucked, but it was something we all went through and it's a rite of passage almost. I mean, it is. And I I hate to be that person because everyone gets all mad at me. All these guys that played and fought and and did everything they could do. And now they're saying, well, we got to fight for these guys is right, which I understand. It's not fair. It wasn't fair for us. Also, it wasn't fair for anybody that played before us. But it's part of the deal. Now, as far as how they set it up, the teams, 
uh, you know, setting up the rules as far as you could only have two or three people living or two, one person per room or whatever that is, that has to do with the team. But for us, we could, we could pack us in like sardines into a, you know, a cheap uh, apartment and we could be a okay. But now, so that has to do with the team. They have to figure that out. But as far as the money is concerned, you have to kind of just earn your way because there is going to be brightness at the end of the tunnel. It just, it does. It takes a while. I mean, I didn't get any brightness for a, a little bit. It was real dim for a long time. I mean, I was contemplating not playing either. So all of us go through that and it's not fair, but it's also like, it, yeah, it's a rite of passage. It's part of like part of the, the grind. It seems to me like there's, there should be a happy medium. Okay. You're not getting paid a ton. Okay. You're eating on the fly. The, the schedule's packed, but it seems to me like though the team should give players the basic tools to have the capacity for success. So whether that's, you know, having coordinated good food or at least uh, helping them coordinate some, some lodging and stuff. Uh, it seems to me like there could be a, a happy medium where the team's investing in their, in their players and their assets, but yeah. Okay. It's, it's a little bit of work yet. You know, yeah. I, don't know, I, mean, I, I agree. I mean, it's, we used to get meal money. They don't get that anymore, but oh, wow. usually yeah. if you don't get meal money, you shouldn't be getting the food that we're getting these pictures of. So that's where I'm like, right. I'm kind of lost. Like what's going sure. on because we got meal money. If we spend it on whatever we want to do, which a lot of people did, then that's our fault. But yeah. if they're, if they're saying there's no meal money and then now they're giving you whatever that food is that they're showing on. I, I mean, you see it all on, on, on social media. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I mean, that, some of this stuff is like, I don't know. Is it, is it a play to get yada, yada, yada or whatever? I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's at the end of the day, it's like, you kind of have to grind. I mean, I've eaten, I've, I haven't eaten some of some nights, honestly. I mean, and, and I'm not trying to have a sob story for me either, but it's just at the end of the day, we've all grinded and yep. like, you gotta, the, the strong people will survive. Same with just in general life. I mean, get, just work hard and get to the top. On, uh, on last week's episode, Chris and I actually talked a little bit about how every baseball player's time playing baseball eventually comes to an end. You know, whether you're Victor Martinez or you're some guy who flames out after rookie ball, um, you know, at some point your time comes to an end. What was it like for you as, you know, your time being a professional baseball player was at, was at an end? And um, what are you up to now? Yeah, I mean... I <laughs> it's funny because there's a lot of times in your, in your career where you're like, you know what, like I would rather just be home. You know, I sure. miss every single 4th of July. I miss every single summer event. Uh, all my family went on vacations for every summer. You know, you know how it is. Everyone goes on vacation on summer. It's weird when everyone has nothing going on. If that's when they do stuff and that's when I played, you know, and that's, so I never from when I was 18 years old till I was 31 years old. I mean, literally every single year, nothing went on for me. I had to play baseball, which I'm not, complaining. It was great. Uh, but it, at the end of the day, you know, you, you sacrifice a lot, uh, for what you do. And then also there's gains as far as what you get paid. Um, so yeah, I mean, I have no regrets as far as what happens as, and, and how it all played out, but, um, you know, you're not, you're not successful. You know, I didn't go to college. I didn't have a college degree, you know, which nowadays it's like, doesn't, you know, there's it's 50, 50 on if it's going to play into what you want to do. Right. You know, um, but, you know, you give up a lot to, to play this game and I was grateful to do it. But now after I was done, I was grateful that my wife uh, started a juice company, um, a local roots juice company, just a little plug. Um, yes. 
uh, into in uh, Perrysburg, Ohio. So just uh, south of uh, Toledo. And uh, we, we do, uh, we do good. We do smoothies, toast and acai bowls, juice, all kinds of stuff. Uh, so we, uh, she does more of the behind the scenes stuff and I do juicing and all that stuff, but uh, it's been a different, uh, I wish I would have uh, started juicing earlier in my life, you know, you know, wink. Uh, and I would have been a little better at baseball, <laughs> different kind of juice, but, uh, we don't sell that, uh, but no, uh, I wish, I, uh, juicing is, has been great and it's been fun. I'm, I'm the lead juicer and, uh, but it's been good uh, managing people, using my team skills as far as yeah. being a, a clubhouse guy into, into, uh, more of a leadership role, which is cool. So I, I have g- gained a lot through baseball to, teach people. I've never managed anything in my life. So it's been a little bit of a fail, but I'm starting to come up four years in, you know, I mean, it takes a while. I mean, now I have more respect for managers. So, so uh, other than that, you know, I mean, you know, I'm looking, it's, there's some light at the end of the tunnel. That's awesome. Hard was it though, Colin? Like when, when it was, when, and, and maybe you don't want to talk about how hard that was, but how hard was it when you, I'm assuming you still want to play baseball. You're still a young man and you know, that, 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 that career ends. Yeah. I mean, when I, when I first got done, um, honestly, when I, when I got to the Tigers in 2012 and then that was, you know, I was still pretty good. And then after that, I, I always wanted to go back to the Tigers for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I moved to Perrysburg and all that, but I kind of just said, you know what, I'll take less. I'll take almost nothing to come back to the Tigers to play. And when no, and even then, when I was like, I will literally pitch whenever you want me to pitch me or never pitch, just teach these kids how to, how to be in the clubhouse, how to do anything. And they said, no, then it was, it is, it's a little bit of a punch to the gut. It's a, uh, you know, I don't understand why they wouldn't just let this veteran guy that's, that is a good clubhouse guy, which, I mean, I'm not going to brag on myself, but I wasn't a great pitcher. I mean, I had good stuff, but I, I really prided on being the best teammate. I could be best clubhouse guy. And, and, and they didn't want you. That was more of a punch to the gut than like actually being a pitcher. And, and uh, yeah, it is. And then as the years go on, uh, it's just kind of, it fades away. You know what I mean? I still love baseball. I go to Toledo mud hens games all the time and it's fun to go more to drink beer and have fun, but, uh, <laughs> you know, know that, Hey, I, I was there. I, I, uh, you know, I got to be on that field. It's cool. Uh, but also no regret to like, Hey, these guys, if they suck, it's like, whatever. I mean, I'm not going to be like, Oh, I should still be here, you know, but it's, <laughs> it's still fun to be, it's still fun to be around it. Yeah. Uh, do you, that kind of provokes this next question. And that is, do you still consider yourself a fan of the game? It sounds like you're going to mud hens games and stuff. Do you have other uh, connections or, or rooting interests from places you've been or still have ties to? I've met so many people, um, whether it be trainers, coaches, managers, players, um, any kind of staff, whatever. I mean, I, I mean, media people, you know, Chris, um, I've met, met so many people that literally have opened doors for a lifetime, honestly, uh, being in different countries, being in different, yes. uh, different types of businesses. And, and honestly, uh, it's just, nothing's really knocked as far as like what I want to, would want to do later on, but it's cool to, um, you know, um, 
just do stuff with the people. You know, you know, I know a lot of people that have, uh, you know, I don't know, they, they, that started small businesses or, or yep. whatever and plug those businesses or help them any way I can. But as far as me, you know, pursuing it to do something else, no. Uh, but, but it is, you know, it is, it's, it's positive to know that, that, that there's something later on, maybe if I wanted to do something, um, you know, maybe be a potato farmer, I don't know, you know, and do something yeah. for, in, in that arena, Just you know, still. I Mm-hmm. Yeah, still and do whatever. No, I mean, it's really honestly at the end of the day, it's it, there's so many opportunities, uh, but nothing's really, you know, I haven't really had to go to that route yet, I guess. So that's always good. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This next segment I'd like to call uh, Colin Ballister Trivia. Yeah. Where I'm going to ask you trivia questions about yourself. Do you, do you think you're going to do good? I mean, I, I would hope to say I would. I, I would don't. hope so, too. Yeah. Hopefully you do good. Um, here is number one. Who is the only Major League Baseball player to hit two home runs off of you? Gosh, well, I know that might be false because Hunter Pence hit two in, in spring training off me. Is it Hunter Pence? No, okay. in in the regular season. Who's only two? Oh my gosh, jeez. Um, There's only one. Nobody else could get you twice. One player that's hit two home runs. Dang, you right, yeah. that deep. Um, man, there's so many home runs that I can't even think of how many. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, wow. Can you tell me what team it is? Um, He's probably played on two different teams. I don't know. Wow. The answer is Johnny Gomes. Johnny Gomes. Yep. That makes sense. That, okay. Okay. Wow. You're, you're over one. And he was my teammate too. So there we go. Um, you faced in your major league career, two players who are now major league managers. Who are they? Who? Uh, Brad Osmus. Nope, he's not currently a manager. I did face him, though. You did? Uh, Struck him out. Crap. Oh, oh, um, Soto from the Mets? I don't think so. Um, Aaron Boone? Nope. Holy crap. I played with him. Um, wow. I'm terrible at this. Um, Cubs. Oh, Ross, David, David Ross, Ross, and Craig Council. Wow, I didn't know Craig Council was a manager. 
<laughs> so you Ross was two for five off of you and Craig Council over two. So last question, last question, and then we'll we'll get to Chris here. You have uh three count them one, two, three major league hits. Mm-hmm. Can you name any of the pitchers you got a hit off of? Yeah, Wandy Rodriguez. Yes. Um, of course, that's my first one. Um <laughs> The other one is um, from the Astro. He was with the Astros. Um, no, not the Astros. He was with the uh, gosh, uh, Phillies. And his name was, uh, gosh dang, I know his name and he's a freaking dick. Um, <laughs> one was a reliever for the, for the, uh, the, I thought I had four hits. I only have three. I just saw three, but okay. you know, the internet's unreliable. So. Uh, a reliever from the, uh, from the Padres, I think it's Mer- not Clay Meredith. It was, I have the other two guys I have are Mike Brett Ekstrom, Myers. Brett Myers, Mike Ekstrom and Tim Dillard is what I saw. Well, I got to hit off Tim Dillard. I got to tweet that. Cause that, that could give me some, some showtime. You know what I mean? That could get me cred. That could give me big credit because he has a lot of followers and he only follows one person. Really? And it's not me. And and I think if I, if I tweet that out to him and say, yeah, I got it. I knew I got a hit off Tim Dillard. I knew it. There you go. I got a hit off. I got a hit off Brett Myers too. Cause he, he mother effed me down the line. I, I find it fascinating that pitchers, of course they focus on almost nothing but pitching. That's, that's why they're pitchers. But for some reason, the hitting is, is kind of infatuating for them. Yeah. Do you, how do you feel about pitchers hitting? Do you like the NL rule? Well, no, I don't. I, I hate when people say like, well, we need to freaking get rid of hitters, pitch our pitching hitting, our pitchers hitting. No, that's like, why get away? We've already changed everything else. Like why change the rule? Yeah. What is it? What does it do? Oh, they, boom, they break their hand. Oh, I mean, that's part of the game. If you're meant to get hit by a pitch and get your finger broke and you're out, at least they get the outcome. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, did I try to uh, shag balls and break my neck on the uh, in BP and slam my head into the wall? Maybe, but I didn't never happen. You know what I mean? You want to get DL time if you can. I mean, geez, let's be honest. <laughs> Trade secrets. Now we know. That's smart. smart. Uh, and now we're going to move to our next section, uh, and that is power rankings. This is Colin Ballister, and up next are the power rankings brought to you by North River Vodka. North River Vodka, it's Michigan's true spirit. Chris, take it away. You know, I thought last week was a pretty successful debut for me for power rankings, and and this week is going to be an an absolute disaster. I just want you guys to know. Um, A lot of things to do this week. Came up with a lot of bad ideas, but I'm going to give you guys the option to choose which power rankings we do. All right, are you ready? You have two choices. I'm ready. You're either doing – we're either going to power rank – the power ranking ideas that I had for the week. Okay. Which are many poor and usually involving obscure music. Okay. Or we're going to power rank hamburger toppings available at five guys. Oh well, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you both, you both perked up on that one. Most, well, that's a tough one. We, we better do the hamburger toppings. I feel like you were, you were an apostle. You were a, a witness for five guys during your beat reporting days. I am. A, I, I, I try not to pack on too many pounds as a beat writer, but um, and, and when I went to spring training, I had a rule. I couldn't go to five. I'd go like seven days between five guys trips. 
Because if I didn't have a rule, I would have been there all the time. You need um, to drink more juice. Out. I think I just saw burgers. Chris Hyatt at Five Guys. And I was like, if you think you saw me at Five Guys, you definitely did. Um, yeah. So, yeah. But but the real reason I did that is because the number of potential hamburger toppings are infinite. Like, you can put anything on a hamburger. You, you so could. by using the Five Guys menu, I've limited myself to 15 reasonable options. That's a veteran power ranking move. I put all kinds of crap on a burger. My animal style, bingo. I'm not, I'm not from California. I'm just saying. I'm an In-N-Out guy too. But, um, you know, there, there aren't 15 ingredients in In-N-Out. You just, you just get animal style and you move on. So, I'm saying. so, uh, so we're going with uh, hamburger, hamburger toppings from uh, Five Guys. Yes, please. Yeah. So, here we go. Starting at number seven, seventh best hamburger topping, pickles. Yep. Now, okay. you guys get mad at me for underrating pickles, but I've just, after 51 years on earth, 50 years? I don't know how old I'm. I'm 50-something. 50-plus years on Earth, I've just discovered that I like pickles for the first time. So pickles probably should be higher, but I got them at number seven because I'm in, I'm new to the pickle world. I, I think that's a, that's a strong introduction to the rankings. I, I think pickles are a good choice. All right. Um, number six. Well, I don't – well, first of all, I don't like – the reason I don't like pickles is because you take one bite into the, the burger and the whole pickle comes in. You yeah. can't – through the pickle they're slippery they're slippery little suckers you don't have any more pickles you have one and that's done you know what i mean you can't bite through a pickle do you have like i mean you're not dentures out when you eat a burger through a piece of you know steel wool you're biting through a hamburger that's soft you know what i mean yeah you don't want any um you don't want two slippery toppings adjacent to each other like if you put the lettuce in the pickle or the pickle in the avocado that's a slip inside that's a problem waiting to happen you got to put you got to put rough toppings next to slippery toppings. Avocado just shoots out the back anyways. What well, first bite shoots out the back. Listen, listen, guys, I got to rank 10 things and it's a one hour show. All right, number, so we're going to have to keep this thing moving sorry, a little bit. Let's here. go. Number six, ketchup. Boring, okay. but staple. And, and, you know, you need some, you need some liquid condiments on there. So ketchup, ketchup made the list and, and I don't know where it should go. Maybe it should be number one. Maybe it should be seven, but I think it belongs in the, in the top seven. I think so. Number it's got to be Heinz. Number six, or number five on the list at five guys, grilled mushrooms. Ooh. What mm. you guys think about grilled mushrooms? But Good. I like it. Big shroom guy. Big shroom guy. Yeah. Yep. I'm just saying I'm a big shroom guy. I like the shrooms. They definitely have to be in the top seven for me. Yes. Right. Number four, mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm. Not a mayonnaise guy? No. I like mayonnaise. No. If you told me I could only have one liquid condiment on my burger mayo mustard or ketchup i think i would probably pick mayo um the downside to mayo i noticed on the five guys menu when i was researching they have all the calorie counts next to all these other condiments Ooh. and it's like 5 10 20 mayo is 110 mm. so you know if you're if you're at five guys but also watching your weight <laughs> sorry uh, avoid the mayo so or three because i'm moving right along sure mustard yes. no no Gallon. No mustard see, or mayo? No, see, I had a weird childhood and uh, we would when never I, have like liquid condom. Uh, we had ketchup, but mustard and mayo were never a thing on anything. So I still have an aversion to them to this day. Is it rational? No, but it still gives me this kind of. Eh. It's not like we're, it's not like it's like uh, Dijon or anything like that. Just normal. Yeah. I, I like the spicy mustard. I like the I Dijon do. mustard. I just don't like the yellow mustard. 
Because huh. I'm bougie, I guess. I don't know. It has, but it also has uh, turmeric in it, which is good for inflammation. So, I mean, you know, I'm not plugging anything, but I'm just saying. Maybe that's why I'm inflamed all the time, I guess. That's true. Well, I don't know. I, are we ready to move on? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, usually I'm the one. Usually Eric's like, when I'm on here, Eric's like, all right, move along, Chris. Like, shut up. And now today it's, 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 it's my role reversal here. Number two is lettuce. Lettuce to me is an absolute staple on a burger provides the crunch to counteract the other chewy things you got to have some crunch especially if you don't like pickles lettuce is important yep i agree okay. i agree it almost has to be on there i mean there's no there's no ifs ands and buts about it it has a little bit of wetness to it gets your water water count if you're not drinking a lot of water you know you get a little water from there um so i mean yeah it's a must i think uh and and like you said the crunch there's nothing to it when you get a nice soggy dry not dry hopefully not dry uh nice moist uh warm burger that wet crunch i mean i, I mean i'm hungry right now I'm, I'm just thinking about it and before i go to number one i do want to explain that i did not power rank bacon or cheese because they are not on the toppings menu you can order a bacon burger or a cheeseburger or a bacon cheeseburger we strictly went with the 15 ingredients available to add to that otherwise Seems like bacon a technicality. And cheese would be one and two right yeah, yeah. I, oh yeah for sure bacon or cheese all right. well, well, I do bacon and cheese for sure. I'm just saying I'm not. I mean, for the for the sake of the power ranking state, we did not oh, consider. All right, all right. What do you got? What do you got? Number one, the top ranked ingredient to put on your burger at Five Guys is grilled jalapenos. Wow. Ooh, ooh, love grilled jalapenos. Good you can choice. get ungrilled jalapenos, but they're really hot. But yeah. they will grill you if you ask them. They will grill you jalapenos at Five Guys, and that's just a great addition to your burger at Five Guys. Bold yeah. choice, out of the box thinking. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, what what do we have uh, for the three, worst? Three worst toppings. Number yes. three, relish. Again, I'm I'm a pickle guy. Just recently, I've not expanded my repertoire to try to, to really eat relish. So far in my life, I've disliked relish. So relish is number three. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's uh, relish is really a brat or hamburger condiment. If you mm -hmm. ask me, I agree. I agree. But I'll put it on. I mean, I'll put anything on it. But yeah, I agree with what you're saying. Number two, and, and this is kind of a wild card to me. Like if you looked at the 15 ingredients and said, which one of these is weird to be on a burger menu, this would be it. You can get green peppers on your burger at Five Guys. Hmm. Yeah, that does seem a little peculiar. Never yeah, seen I mean, of all the things. It was like when they got the green peppers, they were like, well, that's enough because we can't like what else would we need once we got green peppers? On yeah, the we, uh, we have these leftover from the pizza restaurant well, next door. We're, we're out of ideas. Yeah. But also that gives a little bit of a crunch if you're not into the lettuce and it gives you a little water water count. You know, I'm just trying to get you all hydrated. You know what I mean? I, Listen, I prefer a, the green peppers with the lettuce. I got to tell I'm you. the guy who's I'm on the record of saying you like whatever you want to like on your burgers, on your hot dogs, on, in your life, on your radio stations. You be you. But me. I, I don't want green peppers on my burger. You be you. You know what I mean? Yeah, you. My no, power rankings, Tom. My power rankings. Yeah, exactly. So screw you. Number one, onions. I don't what? mind grilled onions. I don't mind grilled onions. But if you put a sliced onion on my burger, one time I ordered a burger at uh, doesn't matter where, and they put the big sliced onion on it, and I ate it. And 45 minutes later, I thought I was having a heart attack. When what really I was having was the first case of my life of horrible heartburn. Onions ruin my day and red onions if they were on the menu would be way above number one whatever that would be because red onions suck they're potent i'm a big Fact. guy though you know what i mean i'll eat i'll eat an onion just like the grinch on uh you know i mean right just raw like a yeah. like a, yeah 
like a, You're a different like track an animal. animal. Man. You know what that does? It's actually good for your heart. It's good for your heart to eat uh, onions. I think if you do. Not me. Your, your heart's me. in bad shape. Get it? Mix in an onion, Chris. No, can't do it. <laughs> so that's power rankings. Uh, I got the other five things that appear on the list that did not appear on my list if you want to go through those. But in the interest of time, let's move on. All right. Okay. Uh, we're going to go to. Oh, wait, these... wait, wait. Were those sponsored by. Were, were those brought to you by North River Vodka? Yeah. Yeah. Tell us. About, oh, okay. Okay. Tell us about vodka. No, I can't be on here if I'm not making shameless plugs. So that's all. As long as we mention North River Vodka. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll put the plug in for you. All right, Colin cool. recorded one last week. So we'll, yeah, we'll slip yeah. it in again. Okay, we're going to move on to uh, questions from the cesspool of thought we call the internet and Twitter, and let's see what the people have for us. First question comes from Jim Knight at Jim Knight 62, and he asks, what else can Chris Iatt make out of potatoes? What else, what else do you make out of potatoes? Seeds. Jesus. And I know Jim Knight. I don't know why he's messing with me on the internet. Um, we talked last we talked last week about power rank 10 things you can use potatoes to, to eat. Like was Jim Knight not listening yeah. to the podcast last week? Or does he want me to say like, I carve them, like make potato carvings. That, like, like I make a diorama of the, a civil war battle out of carved potatoes. Like, I don't know what Jim Knight wants for me, to be honest with you. Yeah. Listen so. to the last week's show, Jim. Go with yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, question number two comes from Bill Humphrey at Humphrey Bill. Is cereal technically a soup? Do you want to do you want to start with that, or you 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 throwing that at me? Uh, soups to me should be hot. Maybe cereal's a gazpacho, but no cereal. Cereal's not a soup because soups should be served warm, and you never serve cereal warm. Now, in oatmeal, you serve warm, but that that's not a soup either. No, it's not a cereal either. It's oatmeal. Right, cereal is not a soup. Now, if you put if you put noodles and broth in your in your cereal, then yeah, then it's a soup. Yeah. Well, I will say in Korea when I was there, actually, Korea, they do have cold soup and you can eat it for cereal. So I could say, you know, I guess it could be cold, you know. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, J.P. Skoronik asks, you've been called up to the Detroit rotation. What is your trademark or flair? Uh, is it facial hair, a windup, a unique pitch? What, what are you, what flair are you bringing? Now, Colin, I got to tell you, you had quite the, um, the lavish mustache when you first came to Detroit. Isn't that right? Yeah, I've, I've, I've dabbled with the, uh, with the, with the facial hair type of situation because of, uh, you know, what I brought to the field wasn't, uh, you know, Verlander or, uh, Max Serger per se. Um, uh, you know, so I had to do something weird, you know, with a weird number, number 99 or a facial hair where people remember or hit two guys in one week, you know, it's something that would bring people to remember me by rather than my success on the field. I did not try to hit two people in the, in the, that was actually my, my biggest, uh, regret in my life and actually hitting people was not what I wanted to do. And those were accidents. That was because the Rosalind was going to be banned. I felt like, uh, well, maybe, but, maybe they should have gotten out of the way. Well, I mean, you know, I'll say that. But at the end of the day, I will say I went with mustache. I went with weird facial hair. I went with uh, weird numbers. To um, that was what I brought to the table. I tried to bring something uh, with charisma, with uh, some sort of flair, without being super flary, gaudy flary. But like you know, I had to do something cool. You know what I mean? That's what I brought to the table. 
Now, speaking of something cool, uh, we missed this in the first set of questions, but I feel that we need to bring it up. And that is, in a moment of your life, you appeared in a fake telenovela with Miguel Cabrera. And the two of you co-starred in this. Now, I will, I will tweet the link again, and we'll, we'll try to include this Emmy-worthy performance of what but can you break down can you tell us what this was all about that was the uh that was the the fan remember that fan cave and yes. yeah um and and it's funny because i still follow most of those people that that were on it and um <laughs> i don't know i don't know what was going on they told us to come we went there and that's what showed up and that's what they want us to do and honestly for me to do it with miguel cabrera a, a future hall of famer i, I mean i think uh is is awesome. I, I mean, you know, I mean, I didn't know that that tape was actually still going around. And I still, honestly, I had that fake mustache on because I, I think I shaved at the time. And, um, it was, uh, interesting to say the least. Um, I don't really remember the full extent, but I do remember I was holding like a little, like a deer and I was looking, it was, a, it was a cool situation, uh, to be, uh, with the company I was in. But, um, I don't know really what was going on and I don't know what I said, honestly. That's something they can never take away from you. I mean, yeah. that's something you can show your kids someday. Yeah, um, I have kids now, and I'm, that's one thing I haven't shown my kids. I will say that. Um, but I, I can show them, you know, maybe the grandkids. Maybe I'll show them. Because when I see it, I start getting teary-eyed, not because I'm sad, because it's, I'm kind of, um, I wouldn't say embarrassed. I'm not really easily embarrassed. Uh, <laughs> but that was one of the things that was, uh, I didn't really know what was going on. Let's just say that. Well, I think it's a masterpiece of cinema. All right. So, yeah. I'll take Emmy or Grammy, whatever it is. I mean, whatever the, the award is for the best, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Nick Wazinski asks, scale, we're going to have some Tigers questions here. So we'll, we'll test your relative Tigers knowledge. Scale of one to 10, one is Randy Smith, 10 is Dave Dombrowski. What is your current faith in Al Avila? Uh, there is some hand-wringing in the Tigers' sphere about uh, Al Avila. Should, should uh, Al Avila be feeling some heat? Well, yeah. I mean, when you don't win and they tell you you're going to rebuild and everything's going to be good, it's never the case. Uh, uh, so, And it's been a while since they've won, let's be honest. And um, if you're starting to release and get rid of prospects – uh, because they're not doing well super quick. I feel like that's a problem. And uh, so I guess I, Bo Burrows got maybe got really, I don't know, a DFA or something. When you're getting rid of guys that are supposedly supposed to be your, your future, yep. that are relatively young, I feel like that's when it's like kind of, uh, <laughs> you're, you're kind of, you're getting ready to be, be gone. I like Alavila, but I'm also like, you got to kind of know if you're not going to win, you might as well produce these guys, let them play, let them struggle because struggling is the best thing you can do. Even though it looks terrible, fans can say whatever they want to say, but at the end of the day, struggle in the big leagues, you will be successful at some point. Um, so you're relatively in favor of somebody like Matt Manning coming up. I mean, if you no. think he's going to be your guy, if you think he's going to be part of the, the, when you, when you can envision yourself winning, is he going to be on there with you? If not, then obviously it's like, you got to kind of make a move. But if you, I don't see how you could get rid of everybody that's there right now. Who do you want you? So you just want fillers. They're not going to be there in the future. So at least get something that's going to possibly have a chance to be there in the future. 
let them succeed, not some minor league free agent, which I'm all for minor league free agents. But if you don't think they're going to be there in the future, who, why do you have them? Michael Litzner at Litzner asks, the Tigers are only three and a half games behind Kansas City. Any chance the Tigers are in third place before the All-Star break? Sure. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe if we play the White Sox last. Math, mathematically, like you're within sh- striking distance of third. It doesn't mean you will be. But, I mean, if the answer is could they be, sure, why not? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know what that gets you, but. I mean, what is that? Yeah. What do you want? What do you want me to say? (laughs) Guarantee it. So we have back-to-back questions. One kind of poo-poos the general manager and one is like, oh, we're going to be in third place. It's, you know, fans. They're schizophrenic, I swear. And I'll I'll throw myself in that. Yeah, of course. Uh, Joshua William at Josh and the D asks, who's going to be this year's all-star representative for the Tigers? Usually there is at least one standout, no-brainer choice. But this year I'm struggling to figure out who our best player is. Mize, maybe? Hitting Harold? You guys have a take? Eric, you're going to have to field this one in for Uh, me. How about Jamer? Jamer Candelario. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Yeah, I mean... (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I, I, do you have to have one? I mean, you don't have to have one. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm not for having one person for every team, honestly, to tell you the truth. Okay. I think that, hey, if you have to pick someone just because, yeah, there's always going to be one person on every team that's that's worthy enough. So I get that. But I'm also like, I'm also not for just starting guys just because the fans say so. I mean, honestly, to tell you the truth. I mean, Trout is great. And he, I know he's unbelievable. But if you miss a certain amount of time, yeah. you should start. I mean, honestly, that's my opinion. I'm not taking anything away from him, but there's someone else that could start over trout. Cause I know he's leading the whole thing and I get it. He's unbelievable. Uh, but you know, can they find someone else? You know, I'm sure they could. Yep. Jay Murray at Murajo asks, uh, how much influence, how much influence does a coaching staff have on the behavior of the players in the context of the sticky crackdown. So I think there's maybe two questions out of this one is one, I mean, how much does coaches and leadership have on kind of the, the culture of the, or the clubhouse and the organization. And, and I, I, you know, we talk about pitching and hitting coaches a lot too. I mean, how much does the coaching staff really have influence do they have on the performance of the guys that they have? So can answer either or both of those questions i mean it just depends it's it's do you feel that if they're using certain things is that cheating and do you want your player to have the most success they could have i mean I, that's the kind of the hard thing is uh if if i've never met someone who said i cannot throw without sticky substance on my hands uh, you know i've never met right. someone but I've also met people, a lot of people that will say it helps me feel my pitches or whatever. Is it going to have the ultimate success? No, but it does help you. It's a, it's a, it's a enhancer for sure. Um, is it illegal? I don't think so. So I think coaching staff will kind of stay out of it. They understand 
know, most of the guys have played, so they understand the unwritten rules uh, that they have to, you know, are they know the certain guys if they've coached them or whatever, and they they will if they're going to call them out on the mound that they're cheating because they know that they had them. Then I feel like you're just kind of backstabbing the people that you have on your team also. So I feel like there's this kind of like a quiet zone where they kind of stay out of it sure. and know that listen, I've played, I know what's going on. Uh, you know, do I agree or do I not agree? Maybe, but I'm not. I'm just gonna stay out of it. How much? How much impact did pitching coaches have on your success or lack of success or your performance on the field? Um, I, I mean, it's all. It all comes down to me myself. You know, I have sure. to do it. Okay. Right. Uh, yep. Jones was was with Detroit when I was there, and and I still talk to him to this day. And he still lives in Michigan uh, somewhere. I don't know. But he will talk to me and, and, and we always joke about how it didn't really matter what he did. I was so mind effed at that point that hmm. I was anything. I would have tried to throw left-handed to have success, you know, uh, to, to stay in the big leagues. And, and that is part of the problem where uh, you're so um, uh, you're so you want success so bad that you'll do anything. And, and that's hmm. where you get to a mode of, you know, you don't trust yourself. You don't trust what got hmm. you you don't trust that you actually can have success. And that's, that's part of it where if you're looking and grabbing for any kind of pitching coach or coaches um, uh, information or, or, Hey, listen, tell me how I can do this. Then I feel like you're already kind of gone at that point. You know, Interesting. Mm-hmm. you kind of have to uh, have that mindset already set inside you or else you, there's a lot of guys you, once you start losing it, you're, you're kind of, you, you want someone to kind of do it for you almost, you know, and that's where, kind of was with Detroit. I kind of, uh, I don't know what happened. I just kind of just lost it and I just couldn't get back to it. And I was, I was asking Jeff every day, I'll throw bullpens every single day. And I did I threw bullpens for like 15 straight days, trying to figure out if I could just get my success back. And that that's where, you know, like you just, your mind is not ready to, to have success, you know? Hmm. Interesting. Here is a more playful one. Um, at glass half Fulmer asks, ask Colin what he thinks about my old fantasy baseball team name, Ballister Galactica. Yeah, I saw that. I like that. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, Bally star, you know, that's, you know, my nickname. Uh, but I like that, you know, a battle star, Bally star is close, you know, Very um, funny. Yes. Great. You know, you know, it's a, it's a good, uh, it has a good ring to it. Um, and I think, uh, I don't know, did you come in last place? Probably because if you, usually that's what happens. Uh, anything that I'm, you know, I, I, I'm playing myself. I, yes, I feel like I'm not depressed about my career. You know what I mean? I understand. <laughs> I wasn't one of the best players, you know, but I, I, I believed in myself. I just wasn't the best, one of the best players. It's okay. You know what I mean? I had, to, I got to the big leagues and I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that. So Valley. I like it. That's just get back to that. Well, Chris and I talked about this last time. I mean, there's only 20,000 players or something like that who've ever played. It just got 20,000. So yeah. Who've ever played at all in the major leagues. And I think, I don't know what percentile your career is, uh, but I think your what you were able to do in the big leagues represents a significant achievement. I mean, um, to have that long of a professional career and to pitch uh, that many innings in the big leagues, uh, I think that's over and above your your average guy. And I, that, that 
it's something that's a cool thing that you'll have forever. You know, I, it, it, I, I think it's impressive. Oh yeah. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. Hype you up here a little bit, but that's why I came back and said, I'm not, I'm not saying it like I'm trying to get petty. I want people to, to tweet me and say, Hey, Hey, you've been great. Good job. <laughs> no, I'm not looking for that. I'm just saying as a whole, um, yeah, it's good. You know, it is, I am shocked that there's only 20,000 people or whatever that are, that doesn't even fill up a, uh, any stadium in the big leagues, which is like shocking to me um, over how, however many, a hundred something years, over a hundred years that, that the game's been around. I mean, it's shocking. I, I feel like they're missing a few hundred thousand somewhere. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's great. You know, I talked to Jim Rogelman actually the other, uh, when I did the signing two weeks ago and, you know, he was like, I would give up 10 years of my, my, you know, coaching managing career, which he got 10 years. He had to throw that in there. They got 10 years, major league service time. Uh, and then he said for one day in the big leagues as a player. So, I mean, yeah, it's definitely cool to know that people, you know, there is some value there. Uh, I don't sit there and tell everyone I know, Hey, listen, I played, I played in the big leagues. You just, you know, sit down and relax there. No, you know, it's not one of those deals, but it, yes, it's definitely an honor to be able to play in the big leagues for sure. Uh, Anthony Troya at Ant underscore Troya asks, uh, and I'll ask this to both of you, uh, what city, what big league city or what city have you been to that had the best food in your baseball travels? Where, where can you get good food? It, can I jump in here? Because yeah. oddly enough, one of my uh, power ranking ideas that didn't make the cut this week was restaurants to eat at in AL Central Cities. I know what you're saying could serve a purpose to, to Tigers fans if they're yeah. going to hit the road a little bit. Um, so, so what's the I, answer? I don't know which the best city would be. And, and I was, uh, I was like, uh, I was like, a a low budget food snob. Like I didn't go to Michael Simon's place and have like a $60 meal, but I like to find good creative, like, you know, 15, $18 meals. Um, one of my favorite places to eat was in Cleveland. It was called the greenhouse tavern. Um, it's, it's, it was run by kind of a, a chef that's kind of famous. Like I've seen him on, like beat Bobby Flay and stuff. Um, they closed a couple years ago. It made me really sad. Um, place in Chicago called the Purple Pig. It's right on uh, Michigan F. That's awesome. Um, Kansas City. There were a couple barbecue places I've frequented. Um, Cal, what do you got? Yeah, I mean those are good. I mean, like you said, I mean I don't know. I mean, it's funny you know my name. I don't know any names. Uh, I mean. <laughs> Everyone says, you know, valets, they have all the big food. Yeah. Like you said, all those famous restaurants in New York and LA and, you know, Chicago and all those places. I mean, I would say, I would say Kansas city was cool to me. I, I you know, to go there and, and get, obviously if you're looking for barbecue, it's like the, the joint of, of, of the, the God area, you know, the, um, uh, what is it called? Uh, what do they say? Um, see, uh, there was a Oklahoma Joe's. It's not called, I think Joe's. What is it? There's a place called Oklahoma Joe's. I think it's just called Joe's now. Yeah. Um, old converted gas station. You had to wait online. You know, Colin, it's not a surprise to me that I know more about restaurants in the big leagues because I, I spent more days in the big leagues than you, man. That's so. true. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get to the ballpark till about 5 o'clock. I had to get there at 1. So I'm, you know I mean? No, 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 no. Let's not play that game. I was there at 2.30, <laughs> man. I had lunch. I had lunch on the road. Yeah. I didn't see you on the road as much, but you know what I mean? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You were on the road. I was kidding. I'm on the road. I, I prefer the road. You and uh, what's his name? What's uh, what's the other guy? Uh, gosh, dang. What's the other guy's name? Squirrely looking dude. What's his I'm, name? I'm not answering that question. <laughs> I'm not answering that question. These are like friends of mine. You think I'm going to answer that question? Let's move on. What are you talking about though? I'm not, I'm not talking. 
Can't think of his I, name. I do. I'm not going to say it either. All right. You know. <laughs> well, that's it. I, I think that's all the appropriate Twitter questions that that we have for this evening. I want to thank uh, my two guests. And I just had a, a tremendous time listening to you guys catching up on stories and stuff. Colin, thank you so much for being here. Uh, Chris, thank you for making time. Uh, and thank you for putting up with my mediocre hosting abilities without Jordan around. So um, as we conclude, do you guys have any final thoughts for our people? I have no final thoughts. Colin, any final thoughts? No, I mean, it's, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad that you, uh, you, you stooped down to your list so low that you got to me uh, to talk. And uh, I actually got to leave and then put my son back to bed. That was pretty nice. You didn't even miss me. I don't think you missed two questions. But uh, no, it's, it's been good. I uh, Hopefully I could come back and maybe next time I could uh, maybe have a glass of uh, uh, North R- River Vodka. There you go. Another uh, pun or another uh, the plug there. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, how many, how many big league pitchers have you had on the show, Eric? Just so, just to give Colin some perspective here. Uh, I have uh, this. You are number two. No. We, we had uh, Guido Knutson on. Ooh. Fair, fair. <laughs> Guido's a good sport. He he he'd get a game as well. Yeah, he's so. a good dude. He uh, a former former Tigers reliever. So nice. That's awesome. You yeah. probably had exponentially more games than he did. I think he yeah. pitched in. Three or four games for the Tigers. That's about. I was gonna say six. I was gonna say six. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So, thank you guys. This has been a wonderful episode. Uh, Thank you for listening and uh, eat them up, Tigers. Eat them up. Goodbye. Thank you. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.